Hey guys, thanks for hitting play on the spinoff show. This is episode three. In episode three, I talked to Cheryl de Guzman, who first off is a really good friend of mine. I've known her for the better part of 10 years now. But besides being my friend, she's interesting because she is a fitness and nutrition coach. She cho- coaches specifically uh, CrossFit out, uh, out in CrossFit Displays, out at CrossFit Displays, excuse me, which is outside of Chicago. Along with that, she's starting up her own podcast. You can find that on cd-fit.com. Um, you can also find her on Instagram at Cheryl DeGuzzi. That's Cheryl, D-E-G-U-Z-Y. Um, you can find her on Instagram. She's uh, a good follow on there. And uh, we have some conversation on this show. We talk about uh, fitness, nutrition, body image, Instagram, and random shit as well. So I think it makes for an interesting conversation. We have some good rapport. Check it out. This is the Jock Spinoff Show. Hey guys, we're back on the spinoff show. Now we've labeled this the spinoff show. Uh, if you're clicking on this and it's not called the spinoff show, I'm sorry. This is the jock here from the Jock and Nerd Podcast, Anthony. I'm trying to figure out what the hell to call this show. I'm sticking with the spinoff show for now. Um, but I got another interesting person here. Um, her name is Cheryl de Guzman. I had to like think about that because I call her Carol in the uh, the gym. So she's a CrossFit trainer, right? Yes, I am a CrossFit trainer. In CrossFit Displays. So this is just outside of Chicago. Um, you're a, what, level one? Yes, level, level one. one certified. Level one certified. You also have a nutrition coaching thing. What do you have? Correct. It's a precision nutrition certification. So I've been practicing nutrition coaching for about two years now as well. So, you, And how long have you been doing CrossFit? I started doing CrossFit um, in 2013 just as recreational hobby type of CrossFit. And then now it's um, become my career. So it's kind of evolved over this coming on six years now. Six years. And then how long have you been coaching? I've been coaching for four years. Four years. And I didn't think I wanted to because I was teaching at the time. Right. And I actually turned it down because I was going to quit CrossFit. Oh my God. This is too much money to spend on. It's too much Time. Time. And um, I was like, I could just do this at export or something. Right. And then they asked me to start coaching and helped pay for my certificate. So that kind of helped. And then I ended up liking coaching because I like teaching and educating people. But I also really actually enjoyed CrossFit as a hobby. So coaching got me to stay, I guess. Gotcha. Okay. So... How do I know Cheryl de Guzman? Well, first off, she's my coach at my CrossFit gym. Um, she's, I've been doing CrossFit for two years, and I remember walking in the first day, and Cheryl had no idea that I was walking in. Um, I'd come in with my friend Eugene, who's been doing CrossFit for a while. Um, but before CrossFit, I actually knew Cheryl at um, school, at university, if you were from Europe. Um, university. We went to the University of Illinois. I was a senior when she was a freshman, so I remember Cheryl as this um, not CrossFit girl. Uh, <laughs> if there's any way to explain, like just dude, a, that was a girl. like a decade ago. That was a decade ago. So I've known Cheryl for a while. That's crazy. And 
we kind of, uh, you know, went to school, party, did that thing. Um, I left and then we kind of like lost touch, right? Yeah. And then we started gaining touch or not touch. That's a wrong word for this. <laughs> we started uh, hanging out again because of CrossFit. So, um, but I've noticed your, your journey from uh, obviously a freshman in college. Mm -hmm. Most freshman girls don't know what the fuck they're doing, what's mm -hmm. going on, let alone what their fitness plan is. For sure. um, going from that to you used to do a lot of like, 5Ks and stuff, mm -hmm. right? So you were into the running bullshit. Um, <laughs> oh, running. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Did you like running? Was it boring for you or was, did you enjoy it? I think I liked it? it some days. I liked it because it gave me me time and I really liked me time because I was spending so much time with so many other people, whether that was in college or with students, student teaching or with roommates. So it was like a time to just kind of be by myself. Um, and it was a way to kind of get skinny and burn calories. So right. I liked that part, but then it did get boring. So after doing it for about a year, it was like, you know, done with my usual playlist and the same 20 songs that I listened to. And a couple half marathons later, I'm like, I need something different. <laughs> so how did you stumble <laughs> upon CrossFit? Hmm. Google. Really? You just Googled it? Like you, but how did you know that like CrossFit was something you didn't I mean, do? Yeah. So it was popping up, you know, like ads. CrossFit. No, 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 definitely not ads. It was just people we knew. Okay. Um, so CrossFit kind of started in like 2007, 2008, obviously way before I started. Um, and it wasn't until 2013 after I graduated from college that I started to think about it because a couple people that I knew but weren't necessarily friends with were starting to get into it. Mm -hmm. So one of them being Rachel, she's actually one of my best friends right now. And we rekindled through CrossFit as well. Mm -hmm. So Rachel and I currently are really good friends, but she was first doing CrossFit in 2013 in the summer mm -hmm. at a really big gym. And the really big gym was close to my house where my parents lived and it would have been really easy for me to join her. But quite frankly, I was pretty intimidated. Um, gym was huge. I'm definitely a little bit more closed off as a person. So mm -hmm. I didn't want to jump in somewhere and feel like I could fit right in. Whereas Rachel's super outgoing yeah, and she had her crew there. Um, Rachel's currently a flight attendant just to show how outgoing she is. And she does a ton of raves. She has her own little revolution of yeah, stories. Yeah. I'm actually She'd be writing an interesting a person to have on oh, here yeah. one day. I'm writing a book about her on the side. We joke about <laughs> it, but I'm like capturing all her chapters. Yeah. I would love to, I, if Rachel ever listens to this, I might have you on this show just cause your stories are going to be insane, but all right, keep going. <laughs> yeah. So I could have started with Rachel. Um, I was just too nervous too. So I saw that there was a gym opening up in the next town over mm -hmm. and it wasn't too far from where I worked and taught um, right out of college. And then I joined that gym because it was new. Mm -hmm. So I guess something about me is that when I jump into something, like I don't want to feel like I'm complete crap at it right? because I would just, I think that's human nature. No one wants to feel like they suck. Yeah. So that's what's in, I think that's what's in inherently intimidating about CrossFit is most everyone is going to suck at some, <laughs> some portion of CrossFit you're going to suck. So yeah. can you just explain, cause I, I, now that I've been doing CrossFit for two years, um, not well, but I've been doing <laughs> it for two years. Um, sure I just enough. kind of assume, assume that people know what CrossFit is, but when I talk about CrossFit at like work or anywhere, 
there's a good portion of people that are like, either what is that? Or they have some sort of misconception of what it is, or they're just like, why can't you do that at home? Or why can't you do that at like an export or something like that? So just give a brief synopsis or a brief summary of what CrossFit is. Okay. So CrossFit is a training regimen and it helps people get fit through functional movement. You basically do movements that you would do in everyday life. So when you see people doing movements like deadlifts or squats, they're doing that in their real life. So they're picking up groceries off of the ground. They're standing up from the toilet, getting up from bed every day. From the toilet. Yes. I mean, it's life. You're going to go to the bathroom every day. Um, And it's important as you go out through life um, to have those skills and to have the ability to do that. But then it's kind of evolved into this sort of sport where Mm -hmm. people – do the different movements for skill or strength, um, for endurance and stamina. It kind of combines different elements of fitness into mm-hmm. one sport. And so there's really one of two ways to go about CrossFit is one, you can kind of enter into the gym and, you know, most people are there to lose weight or get in shape or feel better about themselves. Right. And there's kind of another group that come in and want to be competitive or want to continue their former life as an athlete and have nowhere to do that. So CrossFit kind of caters to both. Um, And if you don't fit in either of those categories and maybe you might be someone who's just sitting on the couch, CrossFit can be for you too. Right. Um, All it takes is for you to show up because your coaches are going to walk you through a class. They're going to show you proper movement. They're going to correct you when you're wrong and they're going to know where you start. So you, you don't just do it at export and guess and right. check and hope something works. There's a structure, there's um, there's a regimen, and then there's accountability. Yeah. And so aside from all that serious stuff and what <laughs> it is technically, um, it's a place where you just make friends and it's a community. It, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but like when you get older, it's harder to really keep in touch with your friends sure. unless you all do and like the same thing. You got to get involved in the same hobbies. It's it's harder when you're out of college to maintain that mm-hmm. those relationships. Um, I like how you describe CrossFit. It's very lovey-dovey, <laughs> the way you describe it. If I were to describe CrossFit- But actually, we like <laughs> suffer. Yeah, I mean, and- it's a ton of suffering for sure. <laughs> But I was going to say, it, it's like... Uh, I have to sell it, right? Yeah, you definitely sold it there. I mean, dude on the couch that's very lonely might want to come in and do some no, CrossFit now. Um, but I, I mean, I would com- I would say it's like Olympic weightlifting, traditional weightlifting, um, gymnastics, mm-hmm. high-intensity interval training. Uh, what else? What other things do you... What other movements or things? Plyometrics maybe, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of stuff. I mean, you got, you know, you have kettlebells, you have squats, dumbbells, um, not really any machines other than a rower and maybe a bike. Yeah. So every day when you walk into your workout, it looks different. Right. So it's not a stationary setup. You can always expect something different. Right. Um, and it's always a new challenge because it's humbling. Yeah. Because you start to feel good one day and you're like, wow, I've really made some gains. And then the next day you're like, all right, back to the drawing board. Oh, of, definitely. You know, and it's humbling because it's, it pushes you and then at the same time brings you back down to it. Yeah. The, the cool thing. And I guess the, the, um, the difficult thing about CrossFit, I guess, is you kind of have to leave your, your ego at the door. Mm -hmm. Um, because as you mentioned, I remember going in and there's days where I'm like, man, I'm fucking awesome. I, I can, my clean and jerk is looking amazing. And then there's days where I get, it gets programmed where you're, where there's, (laughs) 
um, you know, 20 thrusters and, and, you know, uh, like bar muscle ups. And I'm just like fucking dying. I'm like, I suck at this. Yeah. I'm terrible. So like, if you go in with a, like a huge ego, like sometimes that can drive you, but, mm-hmm. um, it's one of those things where you, where, as you mentioned, um, every day is like a new challenge and you can get like a little better at something, but there's always like, when you think you're like awesome, there's a workout that's going to be programmed where it just brings you back down to earth. So it's this like constant battle of being awesome and then sucking and then being awesome mm-hmm. and then sucking. So, um, for me, I mean, that's kind of cool cause it's cause yeah. it's sti- mentally stimulating and what's kind of cool about CrossFit or, or a lot of the, the workouts in CrossFit is you have to be focused where it's not this passive workout mm-hmm. regiment where, you know, you're on a treadmill and you're looking at your phone or, you know, you're, you're lifting weights and you're talking to somebody as you're mm-hmm. doing it and you're, you're kind of figuring out what you want to do. It's this like focused hour mm-hmm. of class where you're in, you have to be focused on what you're doing. Like some of these lifts, such as like snatching, you can't be thinking any about anything else mm-hmm. other than shoulders back chest over the bar, pull that weight over your head into you, you know, all that, all those things. Um, That's what I like about it. I think that brings up a really good point about doing things in general nowadays. Like think about how many things you actually do for an hour straight without a distraction. Right. In our society, we're like so fast paced and we do everything in like 10 minute spurts, maybe if that, if that, And so if you ask someone to commit even just the first three months of coming to class and doing one hour to focus, they're already so much better than half the people who can't even stand the treadmill for like 10 minutes, you know, it's, and, and it takes a lot to get there. But like, once you're there, you realize that there's so much you can do and you surprise yourself. Oh, definitely. I've like surprised myself with so much. I, and I'm super hard on myself. So you talk about the days that you feel awesome and I definitely have those. Um, but they're so far and few because yeah, I've like been you, doing this for so long. I feel like long. you have a lot more days where you think you were sucky. Yeah. <laughs> you were extremely hard on yourself. I think it's just one of those things that I, even when you expect something of yourself and you succeed, mm-hmm. you're still like, well, what could I have done better? Or like, what's next? And that's ironic because- I'm coaching people mm-hmm. to kind of go get over that. Stuff, yeah. Right? To get over that. And also to just take it day by day and take it one step at a time. But your coaches also go through the same things that you guys go through um, on same days or different days. Do you, do you, when you take those, let's say you have those days where you're like, fuck, I suck. Do you take that home with you and then you let it motivate you? Or like, how does that, how do you cope with dealing with that? Cause I think, that's interesting that you're a coach and you still have those days where you're like, I suck. But, you know, as a, as a member or some, you know, someone that's just joining, you know, that's intimidating to go in and be like, I had a workout and I suck. So how do you cope with that? Cause I think that's interesting for someone that's, that's trying to get into CrossFit or it's, or is currently doing it and sucking. I think it depends on the person and how invested they are into it. Um, last year when I was training a lot more, um, with intensity and with intention to be a lot more competitive as an athlete in the sport, I did take a lot of it home with me. Um, a big outlet for myself was actually to write about it. Um, Mm -hmm. so whether that be on my blog, so I have a blog, it's called cdfit.com. Um, cd-fit, cd-fit.com. Um, it started off as more of a personal blog Mm -hmm. that reflected 
my lifestyle as an athlete and a coach post being an educator. So I've had like different like chapters in my life as well. Um, And then I used my blog to kind of reflect on those moments of feeling like shit Mm. and like thinking, how can I do better? Um, How does this relate to other aspects of my life? Um, And then other than that, I think I internalized a lot of it. Mm -hmm. So do you use it as motivation though? Like the next day you come in, you're like, yeah, I'm going to fucking kill it now. I think so. I mean, in a way, or does it like hold, like, it's, does it, it's not super black and white. Okay. I think like I internalize a lot of it. A lot of it happens in the subconscious because mm. you're living life and, and you have to move on. Um, and it lives in the subconscious and it kind of like slowly starts to eat away at you. But then that, when that day comes back and you're like, I'm going to demolish this workout. Like mm. I'm going to, even if, you know, it kills me and then you feel great, then you realize that, you know, the days are going to happen where you're like in the sand and just want to quit. And Mm -hmm. that's just part of it. Um, But it, it does, it's completely different when you're doing this for sport and for training competitively rather than doing this for health. Are you still, are you still trying to do it competitively? I think I'm mostly training for being able to be competitive, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, so if you, you don't know Cheryl. Well, obviously, most of you probably don't. You're, <laughs> yeah, you're, 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 you're no on, one knows me. You're on the the smaller side, right? Yeah, yeah. Five what? Five one. Five feet, five feet. and like one. 12 actually I'm trying 112 113 and I'm trying to get to 120 pounds by June because I have a bet with someone um (laughs) I have a bet with someone that I would get to 120 pounds by June because I've been trying to gain lean muscle mass for the past three years and it's just been a journey so I'm determined to get to 120 what do you think um more of the the athletes that you see that are you know stereotypically women athletes you know, such as like a Brooke Wells, mm-hmm. she's big, right? They're definitely like, there's what, what are a sizable women? comparison. Yeah, what are the athletes that are very competitive? What do you think they they're 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 how they measure? Most of the women I'd say would be between five four five five, mm-hmm. and then on the smaller side, like Camille, she's probably like, Cost, one, Camille, what's her last name? LeBlanc. Oh, LeBlanc name. Yeah. Camille Kostic is Ted on uh, Ron Gronkowski or uh, Rob Gronkowski's girlfriend. That's not at all what we're talking supermodel. about. <laughs> yeah. She's a supermodel. Um, Camille <laughs> LeBlanc, right? Yes. Camille LeBlanc Bazin is on the smaller side and she won the CrossFit games one year at 130 pounds. Oh, wow. Maybe. So she was smaller. She has a smaller frame athlete, probably five, two. Okay. So, oh, then, wow. She's really small. Yeah. Um, I'm, and, I'm, tr- I'm thinking about like your Brooke Wells, who's Brooke which, Wells is she's one probably what, five ten. No, no, no she's probably so? like five, eight, but she's probably like one fifty, one sixty, Yeah. Somewhere up there. Yeah. A lot of the the top tier athletes are probably so within one forty five to one sixty. Jeez. So they're, for they're the already women. at a 30 pound deficit at least. Yeah. For, for most, I mean, weight and strength were always kind of, the biggest downfall for me mm-hmm. because of my frame. Um, oh, see, Brookwell's five six one fifty. There you All go. Right. Oh, I, yeah, I guess she's not as tall. I guess I thought she was taller. Well, whatever. She's a beast, though. She's. I mean, she's just so strong. And some of these girls, 
they just came out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden they're at the games, like lifting crazy weights. And so you want to get, you want to get to a level where you can com- compete with these girls. Not necessarily before. Be- what's that? So that was before oh, that was before. So what are you at now? So when I mean that I'm training to, to be able to be competitive, I'm not training to get to the elite level of CrossFit games mm-hmm. at this point. I'm 27 years old. So I think for me, I've shifted my focus to developing my career in fitness mm-hmm. and coaching. Um, and so if I wanted to jump into a local competition, oh, okay. I want to be able to compete there. You want to be able to podium? Yeah. Or if I wanted to podium, throw down meaning, at... Meaning finish first, second, or third for anyone that doesn't Yeah, know or ones. just first. That, that or, or first, ideal. yeah. Ideal. Yeah. <laughs> um, or if we were to you know go to our friend's CrossFit gym, mm-hmm. I'd want to be able to compete against those girls who are there. Hang, yeah. Yeah. Um, because I'm just naturally competitive. Mm-hmm. It's just how I am. I mean, I may seem really timid yeah, and that's, quiet. That's, that's but crazy to me. That like, I'm super competitive. I, in college, knowing you for the, sh- the time I knew you in college, I was I would not have guessed you were competitive. And you were you did cheerleading in high school. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, my stereotypical mindset would be she's not competitive. It's it's cheerleading. Like you're not doing anything. Yeah. And you know, that we can go on a whole tirade I, about yeah, that. Yeah, I also cried when we didn't place top 10 in state yeah there's but, that aspect of it exactly but yeah i mean i would have never guessed and now you're this girl that is crazy into crossfit crazy into fitness um completely changed your body um, yeah from college even probably before even after college you were probably yeah it's so weird because body, set, body type when you see yourself every day yeah, like and this goes out it. to everyone right like you don't see the major changes but then through the years, you definitely notice a difference in how your body's changed. So, so when when did you, mm-hmm. you were doing CrossFit, when was it like, when was it to the time where you clicked and you're like, I'm all in on this? How many years in or how much time in or how many months in? Mm. What do you mean by all in? As in the training The part? training, like honing in the training, then going in, okay, I'm going to do, because the follow-up would be, then when did you start paying attention to your diet the way you do now? That was in 2015. 2015. So that was actually the first year was when regionals was that midway point between the open. Mm -hmm. So the CrossFit open is open to everybody in the world. Mm -hmm. It's like the first stage for you to qualify. I think that the the CrossFit open is the coolest thing ever just because it is literally the worldwide competition that anybody can participate in for 20 bucks, but anyone can participate in it and you see where you stack against everybody in the world. You can yeah. literally look up on CrossFit games, your name and what, where you rank in every aspect of the workout and every aspect of the, the, the five heats that it, that it, that happens with the open. Yeah. So and then you they take can, the top, what, 20 people and move them on to regionals or whatever. Right. Yeah. That's how it used to run. And that's what I was training for previous to this year and mm-hmm. they had changed it. So I'm not going to go into all the changes, but right. basically 2015 was the year that I decided that I wanted to get to that it. level. So and that's when you started taking CrossFit even a little bit more seriously diet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so you start I, also doing more recovery. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. So it was just, so diet was the next thing. Mm-hmm. So then what have you been doing with what, like what, start, what sort of things were you doing with your diet that you changed up? I just ate so much more. So like you I needed to eat more. Yeah, I didn't realize what how a, much I was under eating. Well, a, first of all, I had like a terrible understanding of 
eating healthy in mm-hmm. general. And so this was a whole new like fun little rabbit hole to jump into because I'm like, well, I, I do like food, but I didn't have a good concept or idea of how to treat it mm-hmm. because it was either like good or bad. So right. this food's good or this food's bad. And, and I prob- should or shouldn't have you've it. You've probably learned, at least from what I gather, you've probably learned that everything can be, or most things can be good. It's yeah. just the, the amounts and, it the, can be, and the times that It can eating. be fit into your life, right. basically. Now, if you're someone who is competing full time and this sport is your life, then you are more likely than not to be eating clean and doing it by the book, mm-hmm. like a hundred percent or more of the time. What did you, what did you start to feel when you started eating properly as you like, did it affect your workouts noticeably right away or was it over yeah. time? Yeah. So within the first three months that I first started eating more, the biggest mm-hmm. thing was probably more protein and more carbs, mm-hmm. which my whole life I was like, Oh, carbs. Like, no, yeah, everyone has <laughs> yeah, a stigma like of carbs. So bad. But when you're trying to get stronger and you're actually active and you're eating good kinds of carbs or there I go again, saying good carbs, but carbohydrates that fuel you mm-hmm. rather than make you crash, mm-hmm. then you start getting stronger. And so I was making PRs or personal records on my lifts. And do, you, do you avoid like breads and rice or do you, do you still eat like pastas or? I'll try to, I don't avoid it. Um, mm. I do have them once in a while. So I'll still eat bread, pasta, bread, pasta. pizza, all the carbs, but it's, in, it's all a, a little bit different now. So you're not, you're obviously you're not, you're, you're having carbs in different areas. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I remember going to Vegas a couple of years ago and I was training hard and I was on a, I was going keto. So no carb, Yeah, which is it's like, you're eating like what you're telling me, like steak and shake, like burger patties. I was eating the, I would go to, I would go to burger places and have the burgers wrapped in lettuce and just eat. <laughs> but I have like four of them. Yeah. I have like four of them. And I just remember always being hungry, but I was, I was thinking to myself, this is what, this is necessary. Now looking back, like I'm doing these hard, cause I had a personal trainer too. Yeah. And I was going to this personal trainer working hard and then just being run down. And I mm-hmm. like thinking back, back carbs are your fuel to, to mm-hmm. do all your, these things. So you're, you're, you have no energy at any, on all, any time when you're, or all the time because you're not doing it. So was it worth it? Was it worth I mean, the it was no worth, I, I mean, my body did look good. It was, a good, <laughs> I would say it looked good. No, for sure. It looked good in terms of like the striations and seeing muscle, but I was not strong. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, even the, now that I do CrossFit and I don't, I'm not on the best diet, but I definitely eat my carbs. Um, I'm definitely not going keto for CrossFit. Um, I feel like I feel full. I feel stronger. I feel better. But, um, going back to you, cause you're, you're the dietitian or you're the, what's, what do you call it? A nutrition coach. Nutrition coach, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a dietitian. Correct. Although diet, diet has this weird stigma where it's, it's like right. diet means lose weight. Right. Diet doesn't mean lose weight. It's just it's what like you're eating. Restrictive. Right. Yeah. My diet doesn't mean I'm restricting anything. My diet's just what I put in my body. I, yeah, that's a great point. So when I work with people on their nutrition, mm-hmm. it's almost always that they're going to ask me, what can I eat? What can I not eat? And mm-hmm. that's not really how I work with my clients. So I, I first off get to know what they're doing. What's your life like? Yeah, so developing that relationship with that person from the start, because that keto diet or that 
Atkins diet is not going to fit for everyone. It, you know? It's going to limit. I mean, you got to fi- figure out what they have access to mm-hmm. every day. And yeah, and what skill sets they have. Um, well, I'm just even what saying time food. They have. Yeah, 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 time. time. Yeah. Like just everyone's so different. So if I can... If I just say, Tony, you're going to eat these five meals every day. Well, what if you don't have the time to cook it or you don't know how to cook it or right. where to buy the food? Um, you know, so it's it's a lot to there's so many programs out there that come in packages and mm-hmm. sell them for cheap. Mm-hmm. But it's not you're it's not worth necessarily paying for that package template unless you've had experience doing it before. I would recommend for anyone who's just trying to get healthier in general to Mm -hmm. talk to someone and ask for help. Just like talk to them about food. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's also, it's really personal for people to talk about food. Right. There's a lot of things that people feel guilty or shamed about because that's what they know. Right, right. Until they're able to build awareness around food and know that there are options out there that are still tasty right. and enjoyable. Um, and yes, you can still have some pizza or a burger without never having it again and still see some change for your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, just because there's this Instagram model that looks really good doing her workouts doesn't mean that she's qualified to tell you what to eat. Yeah, no, definitely not. I think, I mean, I, there's still a lot of people that I come through and I come across in my life, um, you know, that, that want to lose weight girls specifically and All they'll the go time. and they'll go, well, I'm just not going to eat from 12 to eight or something like that. Or I'm not going to eat breakfast and dinner. I'm just going to eat a small lunch. I'm just, now that I've learned, met you, or I've, I've, I've kind of known this, but I'm just like, well, you worked with me for a little rough. bit. Yeah. I worked um, with you for a little to bit. To kind of just get an idea of yeah, what. Yeah. I'm still what, eating chicken nuggets you... in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Are they still dino nuggets? They're not dino nuggets anymore. They're, uh, they're Tyson graduated. nuggets. They're Tyson nuggets. <laughs> Upgraded. I, I throw in a protein shake here, with carbs, <laughs> by the way. But Why don't you just throw it all in the shake? Like, what? <laughs> because the dino nu- or the dino nuggets, the Tyson nuggets, they taste so delicious on my way to work. I eat so my, I eat. I eat the dino or I eat the nuggets in my car and I have my shake with me and I'm consuming this as I'm driving. And and this has been daily for me for about, geez. Well, I, I didn't used to do this, the shake. I used to just do the nuggets. Um, Tasty. Oh, it's great. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, this, I, I remember working with you and it was just, um, it was just an outline of, okay, this is what, these are things that you can eat at different times. Like just, it wasn't even things I can eat. It was just, Examples, this is how much kinda. examples and it was more, um, this is how much fat you should be getting. This is how much, how many carbs, this is how much protein you should be getting out of each, out of each meal. And for me, I, I'm a, a hard gainer. Mm-hmm. So I have trouble putting on weight. It was, I had to eat more, especially since I'm doing CrossFit mm-hmm. and, I, and you're, you're kind of similar, right? And that you have yeah. to, you have, especially with being with, with your genes and how hard you work at CrossFit, you burn a lot more than probably most or a lot of than other people yeah. for sure. So you have to eat more. It's a weird, it's a weird mix though, because in my mind, I've always been restrictive and mm-hmm. eat less and try and stay skinny. And right. that's something that you're as, as a girl, I feel like many of us experience and continue to get over. So right. when I crossed over to training and performance-based results and not aesthetics-based mm-hmm. results, then that changed everything about how I thought about Do you food. think... This is going to take this to a little different direction. But you think with the advent, and it's been for a, a more than a few years now, but with girls posting on Instagram, like their booty and how big they are now, 
you think that's changing where it's like, it's okay to be bigger, thicker? Yeah. I think, you know, it's not most like most girls are trying to achieve that. Right. And it just with be- a little waist, which is a little bit, um, which is a whole nother, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> which is a little insurmountable <laughs> sometimes for some, a lot of girls. Yeah. There's that just goes to speak as to how powerful images and media can be mm-hmm. because before Instagram, it was magazines when right. we were younger. It was the Disney channel. Yeah. You know, so there's always something out there that we're looking at to compare ourselves to mm-hmm. and to strive for. And that goes back to the people being like, they're never enough because maybe we're just spending too much time scrolling our feeds right. or, you know, spending too much time there rather than doing that for ourselves or spending it with people who appreciate us. And, right. um, yeah, no, I think it's more accepted now. Skinny is, I don't think that's there's it. this joke that's like skinny is strong as the new skinny or right. sl- there's like slim thick. So the, the small waist and then the big booty. Yeah. Ugh, no, I mean, I there's know. this girl, so this girl, Karina Irby. I don't know if you follow her on no, I don't. Instagram, but she's a, she has a gigantic butt. Um, <laughs> is it real? <laughs> it is real. So, but her, I nice. follow her and I follow a bunch of other people on oh, there, Instagram. The small waist and the big, the big but booty. no, she will post things on her Instagram where it's her, um, looking fat. And she's like, this is actually how I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you got to look at like images and you got to see like these things are Photoshopped. And she's also talked, she at, all actively talks about how she used to be skinny, mm-hmm. but now she like, it's cool to like eat and have muscle and put on weight. Like this, this is how she used to look. I'm pulling up for it. Sure. I'll see. But yeah. So she's put on some mass. So yeah. So she went from 50 kilograms to 68 kilograms and looks, That's I think a, a lot difference. better at 68 kilograms, but I've seen more than one um, Instagram model talk about how they're eating more and they're not restricting themselves. They're actually lifting weights and um, not, you know, not using that, restriction yeah. as, as a way to look good. So I think that's something that's coming up more often now is, is like you mentioned stronger is better. And um, it's all like perspective, but I think that's a great message to put out there. However, on the flip side, like I, I just feel like it goes back to the, everyone's frame is different and everyone's yeah. genes are different. So again, now as we shift towards maybe more curves or more muscle, mm-hmm. maybe girls who aren't achieving that are still stuck in that place, but it's all, it's all part of society. Like mm-hmm. there's always going to be mm, ideal images for people to look at and say, well, that's attractive. Right. I want that. Or maybe if I'm like that, then I will be wanted or loved. You know, it all comes back to our original human nature. It's not necessarily just an aesthetic. It's connected to human nature and mm-hmm. wanting to be, accepted or wanting to be attractive, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, I mean, I wish I could get a big butt like that. See, I'm looking at it like I, I want to, I want to have a big butt like her. Um, and I didn't always think that, but I think it's, yeah, I don't think that was a thing though. Maybe yeah. 10 years ago, most yeah. people just wanted to be skinny and have big, like most girls probably skinny and like bigger boobs. And now yeah. it's like changed where it's, you want that, that hourglass figure or whatever. Yeah. The thing that kind of sucks about Instagram though is after it's like so quick. Yeah. So after like three days, unless you're Instagram famous, your content just gets kind of lost. Right. So you, if you are an entrepreneur or you have a podcast or you have a brand and you want to 
put it out there on Instagram, it takes work. Like mm. you have to consistently make a presence on there and build a following for people who actually appreciate the stuff you're putting out or want to follow yeah, it's, you. It's, Instagram's crazy because you need all those pictures are, you know, edited in some way, especially now Instagram's so good at like giving you different filters and different ways to edit your pictures. Um, but you know, if, with the right pictures and the right amount of attention uh, to your pictures and posting consistently and the right hashtags, I mean, it's crazy how you can just build a following on Instagram mm-hmm. just through those pictures. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, for me, I'm, it's, for me, I don't, it's too much work. I'm like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. It's, I go back and forth because you know, I'm pretty, you're active pretty active on social Instagram. Media. What's your Instagram? Mine is Cheryl DeGuzzi. Okay. Um, yeah, it's my last name shortened <laughs> to D-E-G-U. You post a lot, right? What do you, do you have like a- I have over like, a thousand posts wow. at this point. And how long have you had Instagram? Probably three, four years? Yeah, three or four years. There was a time- Do you schedule your posts? There was a time where I scheduled it and I actually had um, a rhythm for how, I, or like a, a little series of how I would post. So mm-hmm. it'd be like one personal, one food post, one workout post. Mm-hmm. I kind of have changed it up for a couple of different reasons. Um, just learning more about Instagram and also not having the same amount of time to invest in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now it's, it's more, it's revolving more around my business as a coach and my role as a coach before it was a lot more focused on my role as an athlete. Mm-hmm. So I want to start building that image a lot more um, and kind of put messages through text not as much as through the pictures. So that's why even when I look at the Instagram models pictures, sometimes I look at them and I'm like, well, I mean, I could really gain an easy following if I wanted to just wear a bikini and like post these pictures. But like, that's not really what I want my page to be known for. That's not the brand you're going for. You're you're trying to help all sorts of different people. And, you know, Miss Smith from Park Ridge, Illinois, that's 45 years old. I don't think she's going to want to work with... And it's intimidating already. Year old girl that's fit and in a bikini. Like right. when they see me and and I'm the only female trainer there, and they see me, it's kind of intimidating because I don't look like a lot of average women that I work with. Right, I'm five feet, fairly like muscular, I guess. Yeah, you're definitely lean. muscular. You're lean, muscular um, for sure. And that in itself is like a huge difference from what they look like. And I know that. People, when they see their trainer, they want them to be fit and they want them to practice a healthy lifestyle. So that helps, but it doesn't mean that it's not intimidating. Oh, even, even, I remember walking into the, for when I remember going back to my CrossFit journey, it's not been that awesome. Um, (laughs) And show up here and there and lift some weights. Lift, lift some weights and and then walk out sweaty. Um, I remember walking in, I had, you know, I was intimidated by CrossFit because you have those, those, um, do the dads like they're yoked. Right. Well, you know, those, those stereotypes of, Oh, CrossFit's crazy. It's intense. You can get injured. It's bad for you. I remember I used to be a CrossFit hater before I even joined. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember walking in and you know, all those, not everyone's yoked. That's the thing. Like yeah. that's the, that's the perception. But I want you, well, I remember walking in. I'm like, Oh, there's, there are people that are yoked, but then there also are dads and moms mm-hmm. that are just trying to get fit. Um, but looking at you, I'm like, Holy shit. She, her body's fucking changed. And looking at, um, Carl mm-hmm. or looking at uh, even well Scott covers up but Carl <laughs> um, you know seeing him oh my god the, these trainers are fucking jacked it is I mean even for someone 
at my when I started, I was 28, 29 at my level and someone that's worked out their entire life, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is the next level. So it's into, I can just can only imagine if you're a 45-year-old woman. And imagine if you haven't done And never activity. done anything, yeah. yeah. And we see that all the time. There's there's women that walk into to CrossFit gyms or, and men that walk in and you can tell they've never done anything in their life. They've they have trouble just doing, you know, doing a burpee or doing a push-up. And that's where our, our job is super super important as a coach because it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of my role in our gym is I'm kind of that nurturer type of sure. coach. Um, so I welcome them in just get them to talk to me, get them to know who I am and who they are, what their goals are, get them to talk about things that are personal to them without revealing too much so that they can feel like, oh, I can connect with this person. Mm -hmm. And once they connect with a person, especially their coach, they feel like they belong somewhere. I I try to make a habit too mm -hmm. of um, every time I see a new person at the end of the workout, just high-fiving them Mm -hmm. just so that they know like they might, and and I suck at CrossFit. But, you know, they might look at me. <laughs> You're and, not bad. No, nah, yeah, whatever. But they might look at me, you know, and working out and they'll be like, oh, he looks like he knows what he's doing and he's younger. You know, he, he has nothing in common with me. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing is at the end, I'm going to shake your hand or give you a high five just to let you know I'm, I'm normal. Like it's this gym is normal. Yeah. Everything's fine. Like you'll, you're fine here. If you come back, you'll see me again. Like that, that's my thought on it. I, I know uh, my friend Eugene, I think he high fives everyone at the end of class too. There's a couple people that do that. I think that's a good, good thing for the community. Yeah, too. I mean, it's so simple and it's so small, but those are the things that make people feel like they can connect right. and feel accepted mm-hmm. and coming into somewhere. And if you can imagine like being so guarded and then having to go through this whole hour feeling that way. And then finally when it's done and you're relieved and then you get a high five, like, that's pretty dope. Right. And you feel good about yourself that you went and mm-hmm. you did the work and you showed up. Um, and what we like to do at the end of every class is put our hands in and break and, mm-hmm. and on a good note. And if there's someone new, we always welcome them. So right. if Katie's new, we're going to go welcome Katie at the end. Um, and you always see them like smiley and cheesy inside. And that's where like the cheesiness of CrossFit all comes yeah. in. But The community aspect of it. Yeah. But that's what gets people to stay right. too. It's not necessarily the program all the time it's the community that gets people to stay and then the results that drive people to keep pushing harder and get better right right so you going back to you honing in your diet three years ago 2013 2015 2015 so a little in your diet doing oh no that's four years ago holy crap almost four yeah a little over four years ago taking crossfit um more seriously how often were, are you going to the gym at this point? Like four day, five days a week? Five days of actual training and exercise. And then how long? It's usually between, well, I've cut back. So it was- At your peak. Usually around two and a half hours. Jesus Christ. For five days. And so. then one day was kind of like a recovery day. So like a swim, bike, row, run. Something low key. So only one day where you're not doing any mm-hmm. crossfit yeah, or any it, active it training. It sounds ridiculous, but like you, it's it's kind of like in your career mm-hmm. where you start off as kind of just doing the bare responsibilities, mm-hmm. and you're so new, you just you need a lot of guidance, mm-hmm. and then you just kind of endure more and learn more, and then it's like moving up in your career. So I think 
the life cycle of a CrossFit athlete also develops their own career. So how, someone, how much stretching are you doing before the workout? Stretching. Because oh, I, I remember walking into the CrossFit gym and like, this is an insane amount of stretching. Okay, so I'm a cheerleader and my training partner, Carl, always gives me crap for stretching. But first of all, stretching helps lengthen your muscles so that when you start moving them that they're ready and you're prepped. Um, but I I like to call it mobilizing or we would like to call it mobilizing because you are mobilizing your different body parts and limbs and muscles to get ready for certain movements mm-hmm. that if you can imagine sitting all day at your desk for eight hours and then all of a sudden going into lifting some 135 pounds off the ground, with no sort of movement preparation or mm. lengthening of your muscles, you're probably going to get hurt because you're tightened up. Yeah. You've been kind of like, you know, your shoulders are hunched over typing on the keyboard or driving at work, driving to work. Um, so mobilizing takes probably like 10, 15 minutes now before I would stretch forever. But that's also because I would like procrastinate and not yeah. want to do the workouts. Like I really like stretching. So you stretch, you, you do you do a shake while you, while you work out? Yeah. So sometimes I'll, what kind of shake? I'll have, um, it's not like a milkshake or a right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's called, I call it an intro workout shake because it is what, something that you drink it? during your workouts and it's got carbohydrates. So something like be- before it'd be Gatorade, um, the Targo. So some sort of carbohydrate mm-hmm. source that you can use up right away for your lifts. Um, other sources are a little bit cleaner. So like, I get, again, Vitargo provides carbohydrates without all the sugar. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a higher end Gatorade. It's Gatorade without that, that sweetness. Yeah. yeah. And the bloating and the crash too. Yeah. Um, and then either some amino acids, which are the broken down elements of protein so that I don't have to digest it. Where do you get those amino acids from? Um, our gym sells them. It's Driven Nutrition. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's so, a supplement. It's a supplement. So you put Vitargo uh, amino acids, do you put protein, obviously? I used to put protein in there. Um, amino acids took its place. Oh, okay. Protein was a little hefty to have during training for me, along with the carbohydrate you just source. felt a little more sluggish during the workout? It just felt heavy in my stomach. Okay. And so I saved the protein powder for after my workout. Oh, okay. So you just go water, amino acids, carbs. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. And... <laughs> There's been a lot of like changes in my training within the past year because again, I've cut back, but um, on the days that I don't have it, I can definitely feel like, especially past that two hour mark or coming up on that two hour mark of training, I feel gassed. Do you, are you doing just the one shake? Yeah. yeah. And you, are you, are you intending to finish it by the end of the workout or before the end? Um, I'd usually be about a half or so or three quarters during and then the rest after, mm-hmm. and then the protein shake after. That's that's another interesting thing thing for me too. I never knew about drinking a shake while I was working out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew about drinking like those those uppers or whatever. What do you what like are pre workout pre workout? Yeah, mm-hmm. drinking those. And I remember drinking those and feeling. I don't. Those always made me feel weird. They jittery, always, jittery. Yeah, like my anxious, <laughs> a little anxious, but more. Like I could feel the blood flowing through my veins. Did you get the like little tingly like yeah, needles? Oh, that's and, the worst. And I was just like, this can't be like, I don't feel right. <laughs> like this can't be good to be drinking this and feeling the jitters before I'm about to work out. Mm-hmm. Like, Was this during CrossFit or when you were working before, out on your own? I'm working out on my own. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, there's a ton of brands that sell pre-workout. 
and they're they come in like orange, like mm-hmm. orange or purple powder and you're drinking them and just like, what is this? There's so many supplement companies out there and it stinks when you don't know anything about it because when you first start working out and I know a lot of dudes are kind of on this page where like you kind of just want to go all in and do mm-hmm. everything you can. So supplements are kind of part of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I know I was talking to Jay uh, my sister's boyfriend. Yeah. And when he first started working out, he was taking a whole bunch of like creatine, the protein powder, the casein powder, everything in the book. And he was like, I don't even know if it worked for me. And that's just the thing is you don't really know what works for you and what doesn't. My mic just fell off. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck keep, with that. Keep going while I, ta- while I try to fix this mic. You got it. I got it. There you go. Shit. <laughs> All right, keep going. Yeah, he said um, he didn't even know if it works because at that point, you really don't if you're taking all that stuff. Right. And and he probably um, would have been just fine working out without it and maybe mm. just having a protein supplement. So for people who are working out or even not working out but are thinking about any type of supplementation, please do research or talk to someone who knows something about supplements. What, what I was going to say before on. my mic fell down. <laughs> um, was it, the thing about a lot of supplements too, and I'm, I'm sure this is common knowledge, but for those that don't know, most supplements aren't FDA regulated mm-hmm. or most, if not all. So they can list things on that label, but you really have no idea what's in those, yeah. those things. And a lot of times too, I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast a lot and I learned this from him, but I could, I could have read this up. A lot of times these companies that make these supplements they're making other things too. Mm-hmm. So they put these these supplements in these vats and sometimes they don't clean out the vats mm-hmm. that they're making these supplements. So sometimes a supplement can have like some sort of steroid or some sort right. of, you know, little some sort of, you know, testosterone or some sort of thing that's going to peg you on a drug test yeah. and it might get mixed in with that supplement. So you really have no idea. Like a lot of supplement companies, they don't intend to put some steroid or some, um, some, some performance enhancing drug in their, in their supplement. But the fact that they're going out to China and they're using these vats that are not cleaned well, those things get mixed in your supplement. So point being, you, you, those, you don't su- always know what, you don't know what the in. fuck is yeah. going, yeah, what the fuck's being put into your body when you take some of these supplements. <laughs> so yeah, I remember feeling just have a bunch of stimulants running through yeah, you. <laughs> you could just have a, a shit ton of caffeine or a, mm-hmm. like some Coke in you. Who knows what the probably like a cup full of sugar. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, those, the cocaine. You could have cocaine running through you. I think that'd be a. They wouldn't run it though. It's it's too expensive. I'm sure. Cocaine. I mean, I wouldn't know because I've never done it. But like, or I don't even know how much it costs. Cocaine is. <laughs> I don't know. I've never bought cocaine, so I don't know. I've never done cocaine. I could. I could probably find out, but I don't, yeah, not right with now. A, with a couple texts here and there, yeah, we could you find could out. S- <laughs> certainly find out what an eight ball costs. Um, is eight ball cocaine. Is that? I think so. Rachel would know. I mean, Rachel like she now, knows yeah. all the terms. She teaches me these things yeah, yeah, yeah. and not because she does these things, but like she'll just teach me things that I didn't know before and vice versa. So I'll teach her how to like meal prep or wear apostrophes, <laughs> nerdy <laughs> stuff like that. Oh my God. Apostrophes. <laughs> no, it's funny. We just, we have this special relationship where we have a balance between giving each other crap and being deep rooted and teach us life lessons. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So what do you do for recovery? Sleep. <laughs> How much sleep? Um, 
I try to get at least seven hours per day. The doctor recommended is seven to eight for an adult. Yeah, even eight nowadays yeah. with like how much people work and um, how stressed they are. Like eight is becoming the new minimum. And most people don't get that much no, sleep. No, not at all. I remember telling, I was on a trip to Hawaii with some of my college friends and I was telling them I get eight, nine hours of sleep. And they're like, what? They're I mean, like, you just feel so much better. Oh yeah. I remember, and they're like, I get, I'm lucky if I get five or six and they like, will think like that's normal. And I'm like, it might be normal, but it's not good. Yeah. It's not good for your health. I mean, there's studies out there now yeah. that's saying Sleep that it shortens your lifespan. Important. Oh yeah. And I know there was one recent study. I can't remember the school that published it, but there, it was talking about how they did a study with some college students who were sleep deprived for five to six hours. Mm -hmm for some time and it had similar effects to being intoxicated with alcohol. Really? Than people who were not well, sleeping or who were sleeping. I mean, was, here's a study from the government university, U S national library of medicine, the, the headline sleep deprivation impact uh, impacts cognitive performance. So, I mean, yeah, that's like alcohol. Yeah. yeah well, and I didn't realize how sleep deprived I was. Um, well, first off, actually, I started sleeping more because when I was first teaching, I knew that if I didn't sleep, I was going to snap on some kid. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm pretty patient, but if I don't sleep and I get stressed or sensitive or whatever, I'm super highly emotional. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's the thing about sleep. It, it like messes with your hormones and yeah. your hormones are a huge part of your body's just health in general. And I people don't realize that. That's why when you wake up from, you get woken up from sleep, that's like four or five hours or mm -hmm. unnatural wake ups. You end up being a little more crabby. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, those people are the people probably at work, not wanting to be there, slouching in their chair, you know, not wanting to talk, but all I got to do is get a little more sleep. So that's right. part of recovery for me. Sleep, um, okay. And actually I, I feel like it's been a little bit disrupted because I've moved back home. Mm -hmm. um, so when I made a career switch, I moved back home to save up some money, which has been hard because it's not a, an occupation that you do for money. Um, yeah, for coaching sure. and right. training, working on it though. It's, I mean, you it's can, a career you, path. You can make it. You can oh, do for it sure. For That's money. the goal. Yeah. Like, like I said, I'm very competitive, so I'm not gonna just settle for mediocre, the right. bare minimum. But anyway, I moved back home to save some money, and the sleep has been different. There's a lot of people that live in my household, so people are up at different times. And do you sleep um, um, when you were obviously take Alice factor out a busy household? But do mm -hmm. you sleep uninterrupted for that seven eight hours? Usually. Wow. I always wake up and I have to pee like well, four or five hours in. Oh, four or five hours. And usually <laughs> now though, it's it's been like one hour before I get up. And I'm like, that really? That sucks. Like really? That's the worst when but you I wake up. But I can fall back asleep. Oh, easily. really? See, yeah. Sometimes I can. I, I always, like my body hates my fucking alarm. So it'll wake me up an hour before. <laughs> That's the worst. And I'm like, oh my God. And I try to go back to sleep and I keep like waking up every 20 minutes because my body hates the alarm. I, I know that I'm my body's super tired when I sleep to the alarm. Because mm -hmm. if the alarm wakes me up, then I'm like, oh, I'm not getting enough sleep. Mm -hmm. Then I need to sleep more. You know, you, you know what it I'm sounds, saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, and you just don't want to hit the alarm. Have you ever had a time where you were like sleeping and then you hear your alarm going off and you're so tired that in your mind you think you turned off the alarm, but 
you didn't. Oh, and yeah. it's just going. Yeah. Well, now I've changed my alarm. I think I've like done some research and I've read that like those alarms are like, like that jolt you up yeah. aren't good for you. Yeah, that's why iPhone made the bedtime app. Yeah, yeah. they have, have those, the bedtime app. Yeah, now, they yeah. have like soothing ones. It's yeah, mine, great. mine's are very soothing a wake up. I mean, now I hate it just because I'm like, I have to go to work. <laughs> but it's a much more soothing wake up than the traditional. This is funny. Do you think? It would piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> it would piss me off. I'd wake up mad when, I, when, that, when that alarm, even if I got enough sleep, I'd wake up mad. Yeah. Do you think humans can get classically conditioned? Because you know how that's a psychology yeah, yeah. term for dogs. Right, right, right. Do you think humans could get classically conditioned without knowing it? Without knowing it? I mean, I think so. I mean, so I have a friend at work that I've been calling by the wrong name forever. And now she responds to it. Yeah. You know, but that like, it just, that the repetitive. Like you call me Carol. Right. And I, I don't even second guess it. No. And like, even you, you'll, I'll call you Carol and you'll look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was one person in college who I used to call, um, her name was Sarah and I'd call her Duende de la Muerte, <laughs> which was the Duende of death. That is so extensive. Yeah. And I was driving one time down Green Street at University of Illinois I screamed out the window. She, she didn't know I was there. I was driving. I screamed out the window, muerte, like death in Spanish. And she looked. I'm like, so yeah, I mean, yeah. these are these are anecdotal um, examples. But yeah, I think people can be classically conditioned. It's so weird. We have like more animalistic features. I mean, we are animals at our, at our very <laughs> nature. We are animals looking to survive. So we can be conditioned to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yes, definitely like out of choice mm-hmm. and habit and lifestyle stuff. But but the whole like classical conditioning mm-hmm. without knowing it. Because I mean, dogs don't really know that they're being conditioned. Right. But it's that like, I don't know. I mean, babies are conditioned. They can be conditioned on when to, when to eat, yeah. when to sleep, all those kind of things. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, not, they're not actively trying to figure That's that true. out. Um but uh, with you and, and sleep, obviously, so you sleep more. Did you start doing like, you remember, I remember you talking about like Ramwad. Do you still do that? Yeah, I do Ramwad. Ramwad is, is called, or short, or for what it's actually called, it's range of motion workout of the day. Mm-hmm. So a lot of CrossFit athletes will do this and it's kind of like a yoga for CrossFitters, but really it's kind of a stretching program for anyone who mm-hmm. wants to do it at home. And they guide you through it and it costs $15 or something per month. And it can go anywhere from like 10 minutes on the short end up to 45 minutes. And, um, there's a post-workout thing. Yeah. You could do it after your workout. So bringing your temperature back down, um, cooling off. Do you stretch a lot after the workout and like immediately after the workout? Not so much anymore. I, I used to. There's some gyms that actively program that in. I like that idea. What's the what's the benefit to to not doing it right after? Or what's what what's your what's your thought on just not doing it right after? If you had the opportunity to do it after, you I should? would. Okay. Yeah. I mean just for down regulating in general. So mm-hmm. if you can imagine in CrossFit you do a wad or a workout of the day and you're it's high intensity, like the music's loud, you're breathing hard, you're sweating a whole lot, you're moving weight, you're moving fast, and after ten minutes of that like your body just needs to come back to this homeostasis and downregulate. So 
if you have the opportunity to stretch, that just helps bring your temperature down, um, gets your breathing back to normal rhythm, your heart rate back down. Um, rather than, say, for example, someone had to run somewhere after class and they're stressed, like that prolongs their recovery mm-hmm. because their heart rate stays up. You know, they're going from the hot to cold temperature, driving in the snow. Um, they're stressed because maybe they're running late. So if you have those extra 10, 15 minutes after class, it just helps in so many ways. And it's it's just good self-care, mm-hmm. you know, in general. I've heard it compared to, um, so you do this hard workout. So it's like you're you're pushing the car at 100. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're redlining the car. And then all of a sudden, on the middle of the highway, you just turn it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the equivalent to not stretching or doing some yeah. sort of cool down. Your, your cool down after you work out. Like yeah. after a hard workout, obviously That's if you're bad. obviously if you're leisurely lifting at the gym, I don't think you need a, an extensive cool down. Right. But for like the high intensity stuff, is that what it is? What we're doing at the end? High yeah, intensity? high intensity. So, you know, if you've heard high intensity, high intensity interval, interval training, it could be interval type of training. So some days where we're working and resting, that would technically be interval training. Mm-hmm. We don't do a ton of interval training. Not too much. That's more we like an Orange more. Theory. Oh shit. Yeah, Orange Theory would usually do. Interval training, um, maybe once a week we would do interval training on a day that you almost never go, which is Tuesday because you don't like cardio. Fuck cardio. <laughs> Have I tried Orange Theory? So we took a little pause there because I've knocked the mic off and I'm touching it again. So I had to have Imran come in the studio. Practice and fix some it. self-control, Tony. Sorry. <laughs> I like to touch. It's Orange Theory? No, I've never. What, so what's, have you tried it? Yeah, I've tried it. You um, like it? It's, a, it's all right. I, I like trying new things. I think it's fun to do, especially with physical activity. Like Mm -hmm. I got bored of running, so that's why I tried CrossFit. And then even now that I'm training less, I like to do new things. So even today, like we went to a boxing class right right down to the gym. Um, I like going to yoga studios. I tried swimming for a bit. But Orange Theory is interesting. I know there's a whole big group of people out there that get into it Mm -hmm. because you do three things. You're running on a treadmill. You're rowing on a rowboat machine, and then you do some sort of circuit with your body weight, Mm -hmm. and you have this monitor up there, and it's tracking your heart rate, and you're trying to get into the orange zone for as long as possible, which is, I suppose, the fat burn zone or the aerobic zone. It's one of the two. It's either the fat burn zone. I believe it's the aerobic zone. So in the aerobic zone is where you're improving your cardiovascular health. Huh. Um. And and that's where people get competitive in Orange Theory. It's like, oh, I want to get the most points and be oh, the so one. You get to, they, the orange everyone zone. sees what they're you're doing, mm-hmm. what each other's doing. Yeah, and it's it's kind of oh, there are the five heart zones. They mm-hmm. want you in the orange zone, which is zone four. Eighty-four to ninety-one percent of maximum heart rate. Mm-hmm. So not all out, but. You're getting Up after there. It. Yeah. What is this? So yeah, I guess that's comparable to our workout of the day, like the orange zone. Where you achieve, I'm reading from their website, this is where the magic happens and where you achieve epoch, excess post-exercise oxygen consumption, what we call the orange effect or the afterburn. The goal is to accumulate 12 minutes or more in this zone within 60-minute period to achieve the maximum caloric burn up to 36 hours after your workout. That seems like a lot of... um, Lovey or a lot of extra metrics and fluff. Well, I'm a lot of fluff. I, the yeah. or the afterburn. Yeah, I mean <laughs> they definitely market to a certain population. Yeah. I would say. Um, I've had a couple clients at the gym 
come from Orange Theory. And then I've also had a couple leave to go to Orange Theory. Mm -hmm. So I'd say it's somewhat of a competitor to CrossFit gyms. I would say Um, so. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all over now. mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, they're a franchise, yeah. so they're pretty big. Um, yeah, I think it it presents itself as less intimidating, definitely because of the machines. It's more familiar to people. Um, but when you go in there, um, and at, this is just from one experience, the coach is kind of more like a cheerleader rather than an educator. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying "Hey, run with picking your feet up and pulling down on the the tread of the treadmill." Um, keep your arms loose by your side like you're holding potato chips they're kind of just like all right let's get up there let's get into that orange zone and don't get me wrong i was a cheerleader myself i have that in me as a coach as well Mm -hmm. but i didn't feel like i was really getting as much instruction or gaining new skill or you know maybe i got a little bit pushed in my speed but Mm -hmm. not too much coaching Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i've seen some people doing orange theory i one day I'd probably like to just drop in and try yeah. it if that were if if they do that. Well, sort if you of don't thing. like cardio, you probably won't like yeah, it. Yeah, that's the only thing. I don't like cardio at all. Maybe if you were like like talking to a girl and she does orange theory or something, maybe she'd yeah, drag you in. <laughs> maybe that'd be the only way I'd go into orange theory. Yeah, yeah, now I think about it. I mean the the most appealing thing for me about CrossFit is the weightlifting. Yeah. Like the Olympic lifting is the most it's so rewarding. Well yeah, I mean the it's so rewarding and it's I think I mentioned this earlier, but especially like snatching and clean and jerk, there's, well, those are the only two Olympic lifts, Mm -hmm. but we also squat a lot um, and deadlift sometimes. But those are the two Olympic lifts where um, like you have to be focused. Mm -hmm. Like every part of the movement is like, you can't just be thinking about something else while Mm -hmm. you're doing those lifts or else you're going to fuck up. It's, it's, it's more, it's a, it's a mental exercise along with a physical Mm -hmm. exercise, which is why I like it. Yeah, it does take a lot of cognition to perform those they're, lifts. They're unnatural, especially snatching. They're unnatural movements. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to pull weight above your head, but yet go down underneath it. And that's a good point because I think snatching goes along with this image of CrossFit, but it's only one side of CrossFit. Right. So if you are someone who's maybe not ready for that, you can still do CrossFit without having to snatch. Right. You know, we might just use a dumbbell or we might use a PVC pipe and that's where you're at. Mm-hmm. But for someone who's had athletic experience, they've worked out before, they're willing to learn that, then yeah, we're going to teach them and educate them on how to do a snatch. And mm-hmm. either which way has its own reward because you actually feel like you're progressing and you're learning mm-hmm. and you're growing. You're not just stagnant. Mm-hmm. What do you, um, just taking this to another aspect of, of why I brought you in, you're starting your own podcast. Yeah, I am starting my right, own this podcast. Might, this, your podcast might already be out by the time this is released. I hope we'll see for it to be. Yes. Well, I just got some advice from, Imran, yeah, the nerd. Imran, um, which was helpful. So I may actually start posting it up on my blog. It's going to also be... cd-fit.com. Yes, cd-fit.com and the podcast. Um, CD actually stands for Conscious Diligent Fitness. I thought that was because of your name. It is also my initials. Nice. Um, And the reason why it's called that is because as we get into fitness, I believe it starts with this sort of awareness Mm -hmm. and this mindset. So you have to want to make a change or you have to want to get 
in a better shape in your life before you actually start doing what you want to do. Um, so a lot of times we'll physically jump in and our mind's not ready for it. And then we want to quit. Yeah. Um, so if you can legitimately tell yourself out loud and be like, I'm ready to change or I'm ready to do this, then I think you're in a better place and you're going to be able to stick with it diligently and see the most success. Um, there's a lot of theory or a lot of, um, there's some studies out there that if to build a habit, you have to do something consecutively for a month. Mm-hmm. And then once you do it for a month, um, then that habit is formed and then you, it feels like it's become a part of you. Yeah. Or now, now you feel like, like if, you own if, it. Yeah. Or also like if you miss it, you feel bad. Yeah. You know, cause motivation comes and goes, but habits are things you want to build. Like yeah. habit, habits are long-term motivation. You could be super motivated one day to go into a gym and then the next day you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you're like, fuck it. Yeah. You and know? it's easy to fall back out. Right. Um, and I think that's where the two um, characteristics, being conscious and diligent, kind of ebb and flow together. So mm-hmm. it's not one before the other. They they kind of work consecutively to help you achieve greater fitness. So on the podcast, I actually feature mostly women right now um, who have gone through different transformations throughout their life. Through physical fitness, whether that's CrossFit, whether that's a sport, um, whether that's just working out at home mm. using DVDs, they started there and they've built this sense of confidence and this strength physically and mentally that's kind of radiated into other aspects of their are these, life. Are these women that you've met? All of them I have met. So far, yes. okay. So some are women from the gym, mm-hmm. from CrossFit displays. Um, I just did a recording with a chiropractor. Her name is Dr. Gabriella Ludeman. She's got a great episode coming up. And I met her through um, the chiropractic office that I would visit when I was getting some treatment for my back. Mm-hmm. So her and her husband practice at Body and Balance in Displains. And um, so I know her and then I got to know her further through the podcast. And and uh, she's got some exciting news to share as well as some informative things to say about chiropractic and uh, self-care and recovery like we were just talking about. So part of recovery is not just doing what you need to do, but you know, if you're injured or you're hurt, addressing that so sure. that you don't have to resort to surgery or medications or injections. Um, and then... Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to meeting up with a couple other small business owners in the area who run fitness facilities. I know you mentioned the barcode. Um, so Pure I'm going to, yeah. yeah. Is yeah. that what it's called? Barcode? Yeah. So there's Pure Bar, Barcode, which I tried are at those one a, point. Are those both the same thing? They're separate. Oh, okay. I mean, same training. What's the, program. I don't even know what, what's their program, just um, real quick. So, you know how it, dancers use bars yeah, in yeah. dance for balance, class yeah. for ballet right. and such. So they use the bars as a part of their fitness. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit of like Pilates, a little bit of yoga, a little bit of um, balance and core stability. Um, so a little lower intensity, but working on the small muscle fibers and um, kind of a very specialized type of training. Hmm. So not very high intensity, um, but challenging in its own way. Hmm. So I'll be um, meeting with one of the owners of the barcode in Arlington Heights. So that'll be exciting. What um, what prompted you to want to do a podcast? Hmm. Well, it's easier than writing. Oh yeah. no! Well, it's easier. 
the writing is quicker, but I think podcasting, if you like to talk, is easier. <laughs> I think there, there were a lot of things that drove me to it. I was setting some goals for the new year for 2019, and most of my goals were work-oriented. Mm-hmm. So whether that was a financial goal or um, you know something I wanted to achieve at work or my training, and those were always goals that I... Um, <clears throat> that I had for myself when I set goals. But then this year I wanted to do something new. Um, one of my life goals is to write a book and publish it. Oh, and wow. so about what? <laughs> great question. <laughs> <laughs> because I've thought about this in different ways. I've thought about a biography type of book. I've thought about a fictional book, mm-hmm. a AKA, fictional book. Rachel's life inspired <laughs> by Rachel. <laughs> um, no, so I've thought of different genres. I've thought about um, career change, a whole bunch of different things. So you're still, this is still a working It's just idea. a life goal. Okay. Um, Want to get a book published. So then that brought me to this idea of storytelling. Um, I tell, I like to tell stories or share stories with people. Right. So I'm the type of person that in a group setting, um, I'm pretty quiet, but if you get to sit down with me one-on-one, I feel like I can get yeah, you, to know you. You definitely and... function much better in a one-on-one setting mm-hmm. than, I mean, you're good at in front of people teaching because I think that just brings out a, you know, you have to be something else mm-hmm. for that moment, but your, your comfortability, your comfortable zone is one-on-one conversations yeah. or smaller group conversations. Yeah. And that's kind of what drove me to, to starting a podcast was it's one-on-one. Yeah, and yeah. and getting to know people's stories. Mm-hmm. Um, at the gym, I do a lot of their social media and their videos, and I was starting to understand more layers of people, and I really enjoyed that. And so I wanted to do that more for myself and for this brand that I'm building. So podcasting was an avenue to do that, and all it took was just asking people um, to be a part of it and to get out of my comfort zone because it's hard enough to even like ask, you know, I don't, I don't want to bother people. I don't want to like ask for people to do things, but you know, it's, it's part of, um, being a professional and an adult, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to step out of your comfort zone. And if you want to achieve something, especially when it's brand new, you've got to go for it. So that's exactly what I did. And, um, it's going to be a work in progress, but I figured I'd get started now. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's never a perfect time to start anything. Perfect time. Yeah, there's no better time than now for yeah. anything. And like, if you just keep waiting for the right time for anything, then you just procrastinate and it passes you up. So. Yeah. No, I mean, I remember, um, this is going to take this, this is a completely aside, <laughs> but I, you know, the theory of doing something now, I remember reading up on, um, going out for instance, and, you know, wanting to approach a new person to potentially, you know, just meet somebody. You meet a girl, meet a guy, whatever, if you're, you know, the opposite sex or whatever. But there's this theory that like in approaching game, like game, approaching girls, whatever, that um, within the first te- 10 seconds, if you see a girl that you want to approach, you have to approach her then. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't do it within the first 10 seconds, you're going to get in your own head and then mm-hmm. you're going to start th- overthinking things. And then, you know, if you do eventually approach her, it's going to come out all jumbled because <laughs> you're just not doing it out of instinct. But the same thing can be applied to just anything in life. Like if you think you want to do something, you should do it in that moment. You know, you shouldn't think of, or like 
figure out a way to do it as quickly as possible mm-hmm. rather than wait and wait for the perfect time. Because the longer you wait, the more things can happen, more um, things can be thrown your way where then it's going to, you know, dissuade you from doing mm-hmm. the thing that you instinctively wanted to do in that moment. Yeah. I've had so many kind of different times like that in my life that I think that I passed up. And so now growing out of that into my own individual, Visual, mm-hmm. um, so to speak, we're not living in like the ideals of my parents or the ideals of my colleagues and my peers, and just kind of really embracing this sense of identity for myself is being able to jump into the things that I want to do mm-hmm. right away. And I think it started mostly with the career change. Um, yeah, so you went from teaching full time to mm-hmm. now teaching. Well, you're teaching students, kids. Mm-hmm. What were you teaching? Sixth grade. Sixth grade. It was reading and writing. Reading and writing. So then you went from a career that you've kind of established, established, and yeah. you and you you studied for it, and you you were there, and then you took this left turn into teaching, but teaching fitness and mm-hmm. nutrition. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, that was probably the biggest, most obvious time that I took that that turn and went for it. Mm-hmm. I, I think in my family, even though I'm the oldest girl of all of our cousins and oldest child of my siblings, I wasn't always the typical oldest that was like the golden child. Like I, I was a good child. And then I would have my moments of like, oh, she got a tattoo when she was 18. Like, oh, she moved out with her boyfriend before they got married. All of the things that, or she went away to college. Um, all the things that my parents didn't really want or expect me to do, I kind of did. <laughs> and I don't regret it. Like right. I don't. I I enjoyed every single moment of it. I, I don't regret any of my tattoos <laughs> at all. Thank goodness. Um, I don't regret going away to college. And I think that says something about it. And mm-hmm. um, even if you do take a turn and you regret it, like you'll always learn something from that experience or take away something that you might've never gotten. Well, I also think, Teaching, I don't know how it works, but making this move to, you know, going full time into fitness and nutrition and then making another move into, into podcasting and uh, potentially starting, you know, like we've, we've talked off air, starting your own sort of business, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing about teaching is that you can come back, mm-hmm. you know, but there's never going to be a better time in your life, especially when you're young and you're, um, you have financial obligations, but they're not, you don't have kids, you don't mm-hmm. have um, things that are going to hold you back right now. So this is like a great time to do that stuff because there's yeah. never going to be a better time. Yeah. And I think the, for anyone who's out there that's thinking about starting something, whether it's a hobby or a career path, um, that first couple of months or that first year or so, it's just kind of going to be like this honeymoon phase with it. And then after that, you realize you have to really put in time and energy into it if you really want it to work, because otherwise it's it's just a hobby. Oh, yeah. So for sure, if if it's not and that's fine if it is. But if you're trying to make a living out of it, if you want to make yourself stand out, um, you want to sell, if you want to whatever you want to do, if you want to be an artist and put your work out there like you've got to put in the time and the work. And that's something I'm learning now. And I'm not hating it. Like I actually like opportunities that I get to work, I'm like, I'm going to work. <laughs> right, right. Um, and I like it. So I'm liking where I'm going with it so far. And so then the podcasting is the next step, mm-hmm. obviously. And you'll be, I, I would say from obviously podcasting advice, 
um, it's good that you're you're jumping in all in because that's kind of how this podcast started, or mm-hmm. not this one, but the Jock and Nerd is literally me and Imran were in a car riding to a comic book store, and I'm like, we should do a podcast, and then <laughs> just randomly, randomly, and he was like, yeah, you know, I I, I kind of like that, and um, his wife got sick, um, she's okay now, but she got sick, so he was off from work for two weeks, so he just dove right in, bought all the equipment, learned how to do it, and two weeks later, he's like, all right, we're ready to do a nice. podcast. So it was. One of those things where we just jumped right in, you know, yeah. and, and that's the best is just jumping right into something. And we, you know, we kind of navigated and figured it out as we went. And there's definitely going to be times, um, Imran does a lot more work than me, but I remember there being times, you know, a year or two in where I was like, I don't know if I want to do this mm-hmm. anymore. This is taking up, you know, an hour. A lot of things. Yeah. It's taking okay. up time. It's taking up, you know, mental energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we stuck with it. And now, you know, it's, it's more rewarding than ever. I'm starting this side podcast where I'm mm-hmm. interviewing people not interviewing people, having conversations with people such as yourself. Um, so yeah, I would say, you know, it's good that you already have, you have episodes in the bag already. Mm-hmm. You have two. I have, you might've already released now. them. You have three. So you Thanks. either, these have already been released or they're about to be released. Mm-hmm. So you're already like, you're committed because that audio has to be out there now. Yeah. There's no point in just holding on to it yeah. for yourself. What are you going to do? I got to post it. You have to post it. Right. <laughs> Again, no perfect time. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get it out there. And I'll be honest, I'm super, super, super perfectionist. And it's a flaw I'm trying to let go of. And so every time I would get into an interview or, or conversation with someone, I'm like, oh, is this going to go the right way? Like I was more nervous than them probably. But then, you know, just like this is going after the first 20, 30 minutes, it kind of just ebbs and flows. And you get to know the person who's talking in the mic. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, whoever's listening either continues listening past those 30 minutes or they got what they needed to within the first 30 minutes. Right. That's kind of the goal. Um, get the message across. I think, I mean, the, the, in podcasting, uh, the riches are kind of in the niches. So the more niche you mm-hmm. can be, I think it's the better. Yeah. If you're this like trying to appeal to everybody, it, you can't, you lose. Every, yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing with CrossFit even, right. or even as a coach, like trying to, to make a name for yourself. Like if you just want to try and coach everyone, you won't really get a lot of people. But if you have an ideal client or an ideal audience, Mm -hmm. you're going to get those people. If you keep promoting your message consistently and putting in the work and the care for it. So yeah, you guys are doing awesome. Ron is telling me about how you guys have a huge following in the nation. (laughs) Oh yeah. We have a, the nation is going to be very, um, I'm very curious to hear what um, the nation thinks of this side project that I'm doing because it's completely different than um, what we normally do on the jock. I don't even I don't know if you've ever heard our show, but it's a lot more zany. It's a lot more uh, yeah, it's comic booky. Um, it's it's we have a talking puppet. It's fucking shit. <laughs> that weird, is invested. You guys are committed. We, it's so fucking. It's a strange show. I mean, it's fun. It's it, but it's it's completely different than what I try to create here. Where this is more of a laid back, like no frills mm-hmm. uh, conversation. It, have you ever listened to Joe Rogan the podcast? Yeah, yeah. he's he's kind of the same. This way. is the same, and thing he's I'm one doing. of the OGs of. Like podcasting, he's like he's top. He's like a top ten um, downloaded podcast now. But he he literally gets like his buddies or interesting people, and he just talks to them mm-hmm. for like three hours. They're three sometimes they're three hour podcasts. And some people are just so good at it; they just get better at it. And I mean, it, ta- it takes time. Yeah. So yeah, for sure, when you're doing your your initial shows, you might be a natural, but you'll no. get better <laughs> as it goes along. 
You know, yeah. when you talk to people, you'll get, you'll become a better, this will, the podcast will actually help you become a better conversationalist too. Because right. you'll be able to talk to all different kinds of people. You'll be able to break down their, their insecurities about being on a mic or being recorded or having their own voice. Like mm-hmm. All those things you're going to be able to help people get over. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get better and then people are going to get better. Right. Hopefully, who, kn- who knows? Maybe. Yeah, I could see that. Um, that's also another reason why I wanted to do it is because I feel like with our cell phones nowadays, like we're more disconnected than ever oh, as yeah. much as we're supposed to connect. We're, more. we're super connected in that we can communicate with someone around the world or like, mm-hmm. you know, another time, 10 time zones away. But then we're also disconnected from these interpersonal relationships. Yeah, like I, and I'm guilty of it too, I'm sure, but I really try to be more conscious of it is when I'm actually talking to somebody in one-on-one or in a group. I like, I just really dislike when people have their phones out and they're looking oh, at Oh, it's them. so rude. I mean, it's fine if there's like a group of 10 and then, you know, you're on to the side and you have to send a message or whatever. But like when it's a conversation one-on-one or you're really just connecting for real with people, mm-hmm. like, why are we on our phones? It, it's whenever, yeah, so whenever frustrating. I'm one-on-one with someone, I try not to pull up my phone. If I do have my phone, I'll be, I'll apologize. I'm like, <laughs> hey, I got to check some of these things, right? You know, it's whatever. Um, but I'm bad at it too. I remember I, there's it's, plenty of times where I'm. It's addicting too. Oh like, my god! There's plenty of times where I'm at the fucking urinal and I pull out my phone. So it's have, like it's a couple of things. It's like <laughs> that's sanitary. I, I, I've had guys be like, "Are you taking Ew. a dick pic?" And I'm like, like "I'm like I can't." I hope sh- to God no. And I'll show them <laughs> what I'm looking at. It's not of you. <laughs> I'll show them what I'm looking at. I'm like, no, nah, I just I can't stay off this whole social <laughs> you media. You had to show them. And I'm like, no, <laughs> just that, for proof. Yeah. They're like that's cool. I'm like these things are addicting, and then I'll just go wash my hands. Yeah, it's like a couple things. Like you've got muscle memory. Like you're just used to grabbing it and then looking and then scrolling. Mm-hmm. And then it's also in a sense it's has the effects of drugs. So like, you know, when social media platforms start giving you like red bubbles for mm-hmm. notifications mm-hmm. or, you know, pop-ups or whatever, it actually releases a little bit of dopamine in your brain. To oh, be like, really? oh, like that's something that, that makes me happy because you know, you got attention on social media, you got right. a like or something. Well, also too, like most, a lot of people now are uncomfortable in, in public when they're not around their friends. Mm-hmm. So that phone is almost a like a home, you know. You can look at it and you can feel like I'm I'm okay right now because I'm looking at my phone. It's socially acceptable to be looking at your phone, right. so you can look at your phone and not interact with people, and it's fine because it's your phone. You people do this all the time. You can pull out your phone mm-hmm. and you can surf the web, or you can look at a text or Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, mm-hmm. and you can escape for a little bit. And you can be like, okay, I'm not I'm not around I'm not around these people that I don't know. I don't have to talk to them. I can just look at my phone. Right. It's kind of disappointing, but it happens all the time. Yeah. The phones are, uh, are crazy. I know. And <laughs> it's like getting more and more complex. It's pretty scary. I mean, Have you seen um, that Netflix original series called You? I've seen um, t- previews for it, but I haven't actually watched it. Well, I would say it's about? just intricate. I mean, I don't know how many people listening would like this genre, but it's in essence, a guy falls in love with a girl because he gets to know her image through social media. Yeah. Complete strangers. She walks into the bookstore and all of a sudden he knows how to talk to her, how to appease That's her. That's crazy. All of this stuff. And they actually kind of end up hitting it off and then he's a creep. Like, he's kind of <laughs> crazy. He's kind of crazy, but you end up liking him. Um, it's 
It's a really I mean, good. Th- show. It's actually a really well written show too. So it sounds cheesy and no, like weird, no. but they were um, they were gonna release it on Lifetime, I believe. Oh, weird! And then they sold it to Netflix. So yeah, yeah. the writing of it is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you should you should watch it, but it's really intricate. And I mean, that reminds me of all the dating apps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Tinder, Bumble, or Hinge, or whatever. Like the, those apps. That's kind of crazy to me too, because I I haven't been dating for a long time, so I've never used. <laughs> right. I've been in a relationship for a long time now. Mm-hmm. I think it's like almost eight years now. Mm-hmm. But when people tell me about how they meet people now, it's almost always through an app. And almost I'm like, always, dude. Can you? like text me before you meet this guy so I know that you're going to be safe. Like, right. you know, I'm like looking out for my friends, but like it's a norm. So it's super normal. I mean, I have friends that have married because of right. dating apps. It's, it's super, it's almost the new normal. And I, I remember growing, you know, when we graduated college or when I did, I don't know if when you did, if Tinder was out, but I don't remember Tinder wasn't out. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was almost like there were like app, not apps, but there were websites like, coffee meets bagel or like i forget what the, the websites even were i don't know christian mingle. christian mingle that's the that's the one <laughs> farmers, that came up what's the farmers one? yeah Farmer, all of those yeah um but though there were those those online sites where you could meet people mm-hmm. and you had to pay or whatever and for me the stereotype for me was like those things are weird like mm-hmm. if you have to meet someone online you're probably really fucked up like that's what i was thinking mm-hmm. and like now people meet each other all the time through dating apps. Yeah, because like where do people spend their time? Right. People, on their phones. <laughs> yeah, and like it's just the, the convenience of yeah. having your phone and like it's just much more comfortable to speak to someone yeah. through the you know the digital world. And like now meeting someone in person is like considered almost a little bit strange. Like, oh, I, I, how'd you meet that girl? Or how'd you meet that guy? Oh, I, I met him at a bar. Or I went out and I met him at my gym. Like it's like not as normal mm-hmm. as it used to be. I, I don't know. It's just, just strange to me because it, it turned. It oh, went from... Sure being kind of weird to meet someone online to now like it's normal to just meet somebody yeah that is true or like people our age usually will be with someone because they were first friends with them or they have like a hobby or interest and then they met them through that right like so maybe in crossfit or um they work with them possibly but other than that like it's hard to actually go out there and it seems like right now the 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 two ways to meet people are through just mutual friends, yeah, so friends or you know you hang out in the same circle like you mentioned or went to the same school, whatever or online. Mm-hmm. Like you don't ever like especially actively af- go out and be like I'm gonna look for my right. partner. <laughs> yeah. People don't actively do that anymore. Yeah. Where they go out and like actively like aggressively look for their yeah their or potential. it might or it might be considered odd. Right. If you are. Oh yeah. It's it's it could be considered odd, especially if you know, and people don't know especially with the advent of phones and, and talking to each other not on the phone, people don't know how to talk to each other anymore. So mm-hmm. it's different now. It's it you know, when people try to do these things, it's considered weird or they just don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just strange. Weird time to be alive. <laughs> weird time, but also like tons of opportunity. Yeah, yeah. It's it's exciting. Yeah. I hope I live a long life. I mean, you're, you're doing, you're working out hard. You're, you're doing, act, you have I mean, there's recovery. always a chance for 
accidents. You know, true, don't you ever think of that? Or there was a time in my life, I think I watched a lot of scary movies or something, and I thought, like, for sure, one night a burglar would come into our house and just, like, shoot us. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know why I had these morbid <laughs> thoughts, but... Um, yeah, I mean, health-wise, I'm trying to do everything I can, but you don't ever have just like, hmm, like, what's going to happen to me? How am I going to die? You don't think that? Uh, do I think about <laughs> how I'm going to die? Um, it doesn't cross my You're mind all save that the often. day like a superhero? <laughs> it doesn't cross my mind all that often how I'm going to die. Um, I mean, I've thought about like, you know, you, they, they, they cross your mind occasionally, but it's not something that mm-hmm. boggles bogs me down. or No, for I, sure. I'm yeah. very, um, how would I put this? I definitely don't want to die, but I'm not, I'm very comfortable with, you know, if it ends, it ends. Yeah. Like, okay. um, I want to accomplish things. Like I want to have, you know, my career and I want to have a wife and kids and, and pass on the, the, uh, the lineage, the, the house that is, uh, Tony. The crest. Yeah. The crest. The, <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll see what happens. It's I'm, I'm, you're like much more of a planner than I am. I'm more of like a, Fuck it. Let's just go. Yeah. Let's well, to an it. extent, like even with my boyfriend right now, we thought that we had a certain kind of like timeline. And actually, I've always thought I've had a timeline for how my life was going to play out. And I thought I was going to have kids by 24, like my second at 26, like all these things. And mm-hmm. I think it's a very female characteristic to do. Oh, female for sure. But I'm 27. I don't have kids. I'm maybe not ready to for another couple years. And mm-hmm that may or may not stir up some tension and conversation with my partner, but it's part of life. Like you adapt to different things and kind of go with life's changes and um, coming away from being such a planner. And I guess in a sense, play by play person, like, or I don't know, like planner, I guess, or having control of so many things. It's helped Mm -hmm. me grow too. To to lose, to tighten your grip on the amount of control you have. Yeah. 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 Um, and just kind of look at things through different perspectives and not just the single one perspective that I have or the perspective that others have for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of just growing in that sense because you get too stuck on one, one track mind, then you're just going to sort of be disappointed. I mean, there's if a you balance there. There's yeah. a balance. Like you need to have. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's important to have goals and plans and things that can you know, motivate you every day to keep you focused. But then there's also times where you just need to kind of chill out a little bit. Yeah. Cause if you stay on that track, you'll lose out on, you know, people and yeah. opportunities and places you could go and things you could explore that would, you know, you don't know everything. Yeah. It's just no like a switchboard. Right. It's like your career and your focus and your goals will mostly be at the forefront, but then you can switch that over to travel, leisure, entertainment and, things that you enjoy and just kind of switch between the two. And that's kind of the beauty of living where we are. And what we get to do is that you have that freedom and ability to, or that privilege to, right. um, and just live the life you want to I think people are like, so caught up in molds that they have to fit mm-hmm. or like sort, sort well, everyone, of life. Everyone has like, um, expectations. Yeah. Or like standards, right. right. Like even material standards, but like, life standards rather than just like kind of taking it by stride Mm -hmm. and suiting it to what you want, not what others want. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good point to uh, kind of wrap this up, but where, um, 
if people wanted to find you, mm-hmm. not not stalk you, but find you on <laughs> can write a book about on it. the web. <laughs> wait, dude, I had a stalker before. Really? Wait, wait, wait. What? Yeah. Okay. Do so, you want to talk about this? Yeah. Okay. Well, bring it up. It was it was actually at U of I, um, and it what was the fuck? I think my junior or senior year, um, and this was within like a student organization I was in. It was at the beginning of the year and I had a leadership role in that organization. Mm-hmm. And every time we would have events, this person would pop up and it was like, no big deal, like just like anyone right. else. And then they would start messaging me and then like saying, you know, like all these things that they knew about me. And then I was like, okay, oh, this is really weird. Someone that had like done their research yeah. on me a little bit. Yeah, so like it was kind of odd. Um but then that's the thing though like so not to interject too much but every guy kind of does their research on a girl it's just creepy to acknowledge that you've done that research yeah but and then when you don't let up mm-hmm. because he just didn't get a clue and you get a gut feeling about someone when you meet them that mm-hmm. something's not right so when it kept coming up and him persisting and stuff that you know after I've tried to disconnect from him and I started reaching out to some of my male friends on campus. So Oliver, Makuya mm-hmm. Ali. Um, so I told him about it. I said, Hey, can you just come to this event and be here and, um, you know, watch out for me. But it was just, I had never felt that eerie about someone. Mm. I don't think they'll ever, they won't listen to this. But anyway, it was just, well, you're not mentioning their names. Yeah. It, it was, uh, Fortunately, like I was safe and everything was okay, but there were a few, it was maybe a couple of weeks that this person would just not let up and pop up everywhere I was. And, you know, I don't know. It was just the weirdest thing. Huh. It's hard to talk about. That's strange. And <laughs> I remember telling my sister about it and was just like, I just don't get it. Like, why? Why? I was like angry and like, like scared at the same time. But um, luckily I was like, Surrounded by a good friend group, and mm-hmm. eventually he got the message and didn't pop up again. But hmm. wow, I had no idea. I've never been on. stalked in my life, so I don't know. It's strange. <laughs> and I did used to work at a bar at school, so even then, like when it was like late, oh, shift, he would show up. Like he would be at the facility, and then I would tell my boss, and I said here's the situation. I don't feel comfortable with this person here. Do you mind if you could escort him out? And they did. So after that one, one time, then he, you got the clue. Yeah. That was kind of towards the end of like, yo, the um, the end of the stalking. Just, just (laughs) let out. Um, but yeah, so always be conscious of your surroundings and be careful of whoever you encounter. Especially as a female. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even as a male, I guess you could get stalked, but definitely, Females need to yeah. be a little bit more aware. Yeah. So I'm not putting my um, my address <laughs> or phone number on social media. It's Don't not out that. there. But you can find me on Instagram. It's Cheryl Deguzzi. Or you guys can look out for my podcast on my website, cd-fit.com. And I will be there. Awesome. Looking forward to hearing myself on this episode. Well, not really, but yeah, you, are I, you think, gonna, I think I'll Are you going to be able it. to listen to this entire episode? Editing it. (laughs) (laughs) You think your voice is that obnoxious, or is it just being uncomfortable with your voice? It's just me being self conscious. I'm super self conscious about everything. That's crazy, because you you 
like workout and sometimes you're just in like a sports bra and like Small okay in shorts. the summer it's like all the time yeah <laughs> i hate clothes like it's like this is in the way of me like trying to go hard on the bike like this is coming off right. i hate to say it mom but it's off yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah no i am self-conscious about everything it's just how it programmed to be but well, i think you did fine here thank you thanks for having me on the show it hey, was fun no problem well it's good we, practice we'll, yeah it's good practice for your eventual <laughs> release of your podcast and uh we can definitely do this again sometime. Yeah, we'll get Rachel on here too. Yeah, we'll get Rachel on here. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Bye.